Hello, welcome back to the Boiling Point Podcast. I know it's been a long time, but we're back. We have another new topic and a couple guests here with me today. We're going to talk about the context behind certain words, like why certain people can or cannot say them or should or should not say them. Um, And here I have with me DeAndre. You want to say what's up to the people, DeAndre? What's up, man? It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's a great opportunity to be here. Awesome. And we also have, you know... From the beginning, Mike, hey. what's going on? Talk to him, Mike. What's up, man? It's good to be back on the show. You know, I'm enjoying my time here. It's going to be a great day. All right. Now that uh, we got the introductions out of the way, let's let's talk about why we're here today. Mm-hmm. You want to you introduce the topic? Yeah, you? absolutely. So this was, uh, there was a incident here at the school when she, uh, uh, some derogatory terminology uh, to be specific, the uh, N-word was uh, posted somewhere, and um, the students did a great job of finding an avenue to talk about that. Um, the reason why I give that context is that uh, SGA wanted to do a program involving uh, information about that word, and then obviously you were selected. Obviously you were selected because of your podcast and the work you've been doing and talking on these topics, and same for me with the Orange Table Talk. So. Mm-hmm. They thought it'd be great if we kind of like worked together, a little collab, and talked about, you know, how come certain words are utilized in certain contexts and things like that, and just get the conversation moving in the right direction. So, yeah. Okay, that's a that's a great introduction. I think that kind of sums up what we're going to talk about. So it makes sense. Yeah. So I guess my first question would be, what does that word mean to either of you? Would you like to go first? I think for me. Um, the historical value behind the N-word is obviously used as a word um, to discriminate and put down a set of people, specifically people of color. Um, it hasn't, it's been a word that's traveled throughout history and has found its way to work its way into how uh, society works, how we can benefit from society, how um There's a lot. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. It's a stacked kind of word. (laughs) And I know that we found a way for us to reclaim it as a word, um, as a term of endearment. But um, obviously there's people from different populations or different races that um, want to use the word um, as well. And I think that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Uh, For me, the N-word is symbolic. It's very symbolic. It's a representation of culture. In a variety of different aspects um, and I think that is one of the major components of why only certain individuals are able to utilize that word is because only they are truly the ones who've experienced the context and the culture um, that goes with that word um, throughout history there's been a variety of different words actually that have been used to uh, demoralize or dehumanize or to on a lesser level just put down individuals and what we find is that uh, a lot of these groups of people will then reclaim those words um, for themselves and utilize it as a term of endearment or a term of interaction between individuals. So, for example, um, I gave this example. Uh, the B word, in terms of the derogatory term that's called to women, um, if, a, if someone outside of that community says that word, it's seen as very disrespectful. But people within that community say it to each other all the time as a term of endearment and friendship, right? So I think that that's another thing to kind of pull back that veil on. It's almost made to seem like the N-word is a specialized one. And it's not that it's a specialized one. There's many other words, um, especially like even the LGBT community, like the F-word in that community. um, 
those have been there's been many words in history that have been utilized to push uh, certain agendas or to put others down. Um, it's just that the N-word is connected to so much pain and so much suffering that hasn't necessarily been tr- addressed in the appropriate way in this country. So there's a lot more angst in regards to that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is something that is missed. So when you have these individuals who aren't a part of those communities, who don't know that history, who don't know that backstory, that's why I've seen it so offensive, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think that within the community, the word can be, a, it's just a tool. It's a major tool in terms of a symbol. It can be used for... Uh, a great good or in terms of like showing endearment it can also be used as a means of uh, antagonizing a group of people and putting them down it also can be a means of showing your ignorance and lack of knowledge on that culture so I think it, it falls into one of those three categories all the time so I don't know I I think I've always kind of had a love-hate relationship with that word just because I don't like when people refer to me as you know, the mm-hmm. N-word, because I don't know, I just I have a name for a reason, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I understand the pain and, you know, everything that comes along with that word, but I know some people don't care. And mm-hmm. I think once you start taking away the meaning of that word, that's when it doesn't matter. At that point, it just becomes a word that's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's my friend, you know, that's my acquaintance, that's my whatever. And I just think if you're not in that specific group of people who can use that word without having it be malicious towards one another because if I say it to Michael for example it doesn't mean the same thing as it would if a white person said it to Michael Mm -hmm. even if that white person has no malicious intent and you know them as a person it can still feel like an attack Mm -hmm. just because you're not part of this group so you're kind of being a part of a moment that was not necessarily positive in the past. Yes. So in in the presence of the wrong people, I guess, it can turn out to be really uh, a negative experience. But I know some some black people don't care to mm-hmm. just let anybody say it, whoever, whenever, why ever. And I just think that if people stop using the word in a malicious way, which will never happen because, you know, mm-hmm. this is the world and that's the way it is, then that word wouldn't be a problem. Mm. Like it used to be, but times aren't like they used to be now. You know, things are different. You can talk to people, you can interact with different people that you wouldn't have been able to a hundred years ago, which is fine. Cool. I just just don't, I just don't see the need, I guess, for a word like that to be used by someone who isn't a part of that group and doesn't truly understand what that means to another black person, I guess is my point. I've had different experiences with it. So I've met individuals that feel like because they've grown up in certain environments or, um, for example, like the hood, Mm -hmm. um, even though they are white, because they've grown up in these environments and they've been raised around these people that that word should be inside their vernacular. And, like, I don't agree with that. I don't feel like the word, obviously the word does not come from being a part of these communities. As we've both, as all three of us have explained, there's a historical element to this word, and mm. it's been used, obviously, for racism to put down our people, to demean us, and make us seem like we're not shit and we can't amount to shit. And the fact that we're reclaiming it, and we have been reclaiming it for years, and we are now using it again as a term of endearment, as a way of like, you know, this is my brother, this is my sister, and you think that because you experience 
a, a portion, I guess, mm-hmm. of our struggle by environment, mm-hmm. that that means that you are entitled to a, a word that hurts us all mm-hmm. historically. Not even, not even just in the past, even now, like systematically, it's still there. Racism wants is to be an innate everywhere. So it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just really ridiculous. And I'm sad that this happened on campus or in general. I'm, I'm just sad that this happened and that um, I feel like there probably should have been more mm-hmm. to it. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, to bring some, I, I was literally going to talk about this when you brought that up. The one of the biggest reasons for why it's a concern, uh, rather you want it to be utilized by other groups of people or not, is the fact that this is something that anthropologists have been dealing with for years that they can't decide upon, actually, mm-hmm. which is can culture, can is are you born into certain cultures mm-hmm. or can culture be learned and appropriated? So you kind of brought the example. If a person lives in what we would decide, uh, call the hood or an impoverished community, right, and they are white, do they then have the same shared experiences as someone who's of color? Now, there is a uh, an argument to be made that uh, they can be a part of certain shared experiences, yes, but they can't be a part of all of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's an argument to be made that they can't be a part of it at all. Mm-hmm. And then there's an argument to be made that if they're there and they're in that culture, then they are. So, for example, if a if you were a foster child and you, bo- you grew up in a black family, you're white, mm-hmm. and you're around that, you literally were born into that culture. Mm-hmm. You can make that argument. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, mm-hmm. but I'm just just to be devil's advocate. Um, but from my perspective, I think this comes back to the concept of intersectionality. So when you gave that example of the person who grew up in the hood, yes, there are certain uh, there's intersectionality at play of there's some experiences that a poor white person and a poor black person will share. Yes, right. In terms of certain struggles or certain barriers that mm-hmm. they have to overcome living in those kind of communities, which would be like over policing which would be a poor education system, mm-hmm. um, lack of resources, things like that. But there's still a historical aspect that that person who is who is white uh, or from seen as the majority, I don't want to say white, I want to say the majority, mm-hmm. um, will not have experience because they are not a part of the minority in terms of their skin color, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like you can be, even if you take the intersectionality of a, a black individual mm-hmm. who's financially stable and that's of Islamic descent or as in Islamic religion will have a completely different experience in life based on some of those barriers that take place there than a African-American individual who is impoverished, who is of Christian uh, origin or Christian religion in that they're going to be different aspects that they have to interact with. And some of those things are invisible, right? So that's one of the biggest arguments. So like, for example, if you're white and you're Islamic and there's a, uh, a bias towards Islamic people, because um, the nation is typically seen as Christian. That's why I say God bless America, even at baseball games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the songs that are utilized, stuff like that, we're more of a Christian-based foundation. Um, that won't come about unless you tell someone mm-hmm. or unless they dress a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. So there's even barriers in that. So I do think that you can't, one of the biggest things for why people outside of our community can't use that word is because the one of the biggest barriers that we experience is that you don't have to say anything and yet people know you're black because they can see you, yeah. right? Or even before a job interview, you don't have to say anything, but they can tell like by name. some of your names, mm-hmm. right? And that Especially acts as a barrier. My name. Yeah. Right, that acts as a barrier. And that's a barrier that has been present because of, of all the things that's happened to our community. 
since the 80s, mm-hmm. since before that even, actually. Like, people make this seem like this was super far a long time ago. Like, my grandma was alive when Martin Luther King was assassinated. That's only two generations away. We make mm-hmm. it seem like, oh, my gosh, this was, like, hundreds of years ago. I think like, that has a lot to do with how it's presented, too, like, yeah. black and white. Mm-hmm. Very, like, oh, this was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like, schools are Jim Crow era. Um, if you look at that, even the Jim before the Jim Crow era, schools were segregated at seventy seven point nine percent. It's now past the Jim Crow era. Schools are still segregated seventy seven point one percent. So people make it seem like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is unfathomable. America mm. is the greatest country in the world, and we are. We do a lot of great good. We do a lot of great things, and many countries have um, things that are going on within them. Mm. And obviously, as we can see in the world today, like um, the fact that one country is literally being invaded right now, it's mm-hmm. insane, right? Um, but we can't still miss the the point here that it might seem like a smaller. It's not. Mm-hmm. This entire culture of people who were discriminated against and still kind of are, not kind of, still are, and the stats show that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't be still having segregated schools and lack, lack of resources. So unless we acknowledge all of that, how can someone come and say our word when they're not accepting that, that additional pain and struggle that mm-hmm. goes along with it? I think someone said it a long time ago. Uh, people who like appropriate culture want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. Yeah, and so I, true. It makes sense because like, you don't want the negative stuff, but you want to take on a word that could be potentially harmful to us. First it's cowboys are black. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah. There was a movie about that. Hiring the hog. They I want that. Hiring the hog is a show on Netflix, and I learned that the first cowboys were black. Um, were black, and they came from. Obviously, when they were on plantations, mm-hmm. they, they had a boy for everything. They had, you know, um, the house boy or whatever mm-hmm. it was. They had someone, um, one that was responsible for the horses the or the cows or the, the farm animals. They mm-hmm. were called a cowboy, mm-hmm. and that's where the name comes from. But when it came to uh, Hollywood and media, when there was an opportunity to make money, mm-hmm. then it's, oh, yeah, cowboys, this is great. You talk about it now. Cowboy boots is part of culture, all this stuff, when in reality, it's not. Rock and roll. My man Elvis Presley came down, saw some people performing, as people of color took that, took and put on a part of his. But then that's part of the culture now. So like it's 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 very interesting, and there's a lot of distrust within our community, especially uh, out with outside communities. And one of the again one of those aspects of how we show that trust within the community is the use of that word, because that word was used to demonize that culture. So we're pulling from all these different um, aspects and reasons and logics and all that in terms of historical context, but. What it comes down to is that um, I think many people in the black community who who have somewhat understanding of that struggle that goes on within our community, um, we can all acknowledge that these are a group of people who don't necessarily know that struggle. And that group of people were the ones who used that word to demean us. Mm -hmm. And now you're trying to say it because J. Cole said it in a rap song. Nah, that's 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 that ain't it, Chief. It's crazy. People want to be a part of the culture, but they don't want to advocate and be educated about Mm -hmm. said culture. Correct. I think you said it the other day too. It's cool to be like angry or like really about something in the beginning, but once things start to get mad and hairy or too hard, then it's then all people sudden. slink away. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, nobody want to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Nah, if you want to do it, then you got to say it with your entire chest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not saying you should go out and say the N word to anybody because that could lead to consequences. Every mm-hmm. action has a consequence. However, if you decide that that is what you want to do and make that a part of your life. You need to say that with your whole chest, but don't back away when consequences come knocking because it's it's easy 
to just take the positive part of anything. Super easy. Yep, and it's, it's, it's going off of that because you talk about like those shared experiences essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a, uh, a director over in Albany about some Greek life stuff, and as I was explaining the concerns I was having here, he had the exact same things happening to them, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a uh, there is a a similarity in that because of the culture we share, mm-hmm. because of the culture we share as people of color, especially color and professional realm, there's certain shared experiences, mm-hmm. and you know. People want to appropriate the culture and they think it's cool and they think it's fun, but they're not there. They're not there dealing with the, the microaggressions. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. It's like they want to, they want to be there when the times is good, but when the times is bad and there's problems going on, all of a sudden they just glad they are not you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I and I and again, you know, this is this gonna seem like an attack, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not an attack. But here we are, mm-hmm. right? This happened. Mm-hmm. Who are the people sitting in the room talking about it? Three people of color, mm-hmm. right? So I always hear like, "Oh, you know, yeah, you know, you want to use the word and all that." Where are you at? Why aren't you here? Right. Why aren't you helping? You know what I'm saying? Defend yourself or say something. I'm not justify. asking you to defend yourself. Yeah. I'm asking you to come help. <laughs> if you want to be a part of the culture, come help the culture. Then, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everybody, everybody again, everybody want to do something that's cool, mm-hmm. right? And they can, you can make the argument. Well, you know, not everybody knows Layla. That's true. But. You, Layla does a lot of other things. <laughs> Layla knows an entire building of people. She knows an entire campus because of the role she holds. Michael was the SGA president. He was a black SGA president. I'm over here running three departments. You then ran into one of the three of us at some point. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and this is very rare. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I bet you there's a lot more people on this campus, uh, not just this campus, but in general, who use the N word mm-hmm. um, versus people who come to one of us and say, "Hey, I want to figure out how to help the culture." Exactly. Right. So, you know, that's my that's my take and concern it seems like um individuals will use that word and a lot of times it's honest to god i think it's just based on ignorance Ignorance. Mm -hmm. they just don't know Mm -hmm. they just don't know they just want to use it because they heard it and it's cool yeah they heard it it's cool you know and it's like the forbidden fruit if somebody yeah yeah yeah. tell somebody you can't do it it. it's like Mm -hmm. who pushes red button like don't push the red button you know but it's sad like it's sad that the reason why we don't know about these things is because america makes conscious make it makes a conscious effort to not make it okay to educate people about black struggle Mm -hmm. like the fact that like tiktok again i always talk about tiktok because this shit is crazy to me Mm -hmm. i've learned so So much much about black history black culture the stuff that we've gone through the stuff that happened through slavery things that are happening over the the past year like oh my god it's crazy to me like i've learned so much about black culture and history on apps like stuff like this that I would never learned in school. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Like, um, Black History Month comes around and all we talk about is Malcolm X and Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and Jackie Robinson and that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't learn about anything else. So it's just like, it's crazy to me. Like, we, there's, we're in the year of 2022. There are so many resources and outlets out there for people to learn and, and gain this, this, this knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't. I don't want to. I don't know if it's like they don't choose to, mm-hmm. or is is it the fact that they don't see it as important? Well, I think it's kind of like how you just explained. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have access to it. Yeah. If you think about it, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. even in your reality. Your person of color. Yeah. I always look at it. I think it's funny though that when it happens on the opposite. End, do you remember the backlash that happened with uh, with Donald Glover being Spider Man? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. That was so immediate. Right, too. and it was immediate. Right, <laughs> yeah. like oh my gosh, ain't no black Spider Man. When the reality is, mm-hmm. Miles Miles yeah. Morales is literally uh, he's literally black, mm-hmm. and the writer of Spider Man literally explained um, 
I designed his suit to be covering your entire body so that way anybody could be that person. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be that Peter Parker himself was white, but it could literally be that person, right? But it was appropriate. It was told by the majority of America, no, you just can't be the thing, right? But when I look at a history textbook mm-hmm. and I looked at the pharaohs on the textbook, mm-hmm. they're as pale as Dale. Mm-hmm. And I, I, growing up as a kid, I thought that it, I didn't even put two and two together. Egypt's in Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Egypt's in Africa. Mm-hmm. When I would watch some of the movies and mm-hmm. I saw Jesus Christ being a blue eyed, blonde, <laughs> blue eyed white male. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest with you. If you if you look on if you look at Google search right now, people from Israel don't look like that. <laughs> people in Egypt don't look like that. So like what I what I think is baffling, and even if you use the historical textbooks of the of the Bible, right? Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, he he took the people from Egypt to Israel. Mm-hmm. People in Egypt are black because they're in Africa. Africa. That makes so sense. he took people from Africa and put them in, and moved them to Israel. Mm-hmm. How did we get a, a blue eyed white man? How did that happen, right? It but that's what was sold, mm-hmm. right? And we and it was just like, oh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. No, it's not fine. It's not right. Yeah, the fact that on our textbooks, pharaohs were seen as these white men, but the only time I hear about my culture is during Black History Month, like he said. Mm-hmm. We don't hear about that. That term, like even I'm gonna be honest with you. Now I'm on a soapbox. Mm-hmm. That term, kings and queens. Mm-hmm. That's been appropriated from us too. Mm-hmm. Like the kings and queens comment was because of us talking about things like we were kings and queens in Africa. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, oh, go ahead, queen, or go ahead, king, mm-hmm. there's a context to that. Mm-hmm. There's a context to that. And that's missed as well. Um, so that was supposed to be specific to our culture. Um, but then it became cool. So it is what, not say it is what it is, but. I mean, it is though. It is, right? Unfortunately. It Unfortunately. Is it is, right? Like there's nothing but, we can say right now that's going to change the, you know trajectory of the world you know because everybody's going to think what they're going to think and do what they're going to do but i think it's just important to realize that a we're on a predominantly white campus uh that kind of claims diversity and it's not that (laughs) like the the divide between Mm -hmm. certain like categories of students like ag students and city kids i just the divide is so evident they Mm -hmm. it feels like they feel like they're better than us so I guess maybe I'm, I'm reaching with this conclusion, but just bear with me with this no, one. You're good. With that divide, like with ag students and city kids, like I've had my peers who also come from the city tell me that ag students treat them like, oh, because we don't come from where there are horses and you know all this wildlife and all that, that means we can't possibly actually want to be a part of this or like be a part of this moment with them since they came from that. So I guess it's... I guess this is their version <laughs> of the N-word, I guess. That's kind of what I'm thinking in my head. Like, that's their thing. Their like, ag, yeah. Like, mm. they are like, this is my shit because I know what I'm talking about. And anybody who comes in here that doesn't look like what they're, that doesn't look like they know what they're talking about, I don't respect them as much as I do somebody who looks like me. So I'm going to offer a little bit of pushback. I want to tell me if you, what you think. Okay. Because you, you made a lot of uh, points in that. Mm. I think that one of the major points is that I do think that we have influence in terms of how we impact the world, mm-hmm. right? I think that uh, coming together, having these debates, having these conversations, and if we apply what we're learning, then we're making that impact because then we're teaching the future generation of how to interact. Um, it's the saying, like, you plant seeds so that others can bask in the shade of the tree one day. Mm-hmm. So I do think that we have, uh, we use our influence and we talk to other people. That's how we even got here, right? You use your influence for us to meet. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm learning things from you and I can now go and apply it to others. 
Um, I do think the other aspect in terms of diversity, I think that there is a lot of diversity here, but not the kind that we are looking for, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a diversity in, uh, in thinking. I think there's a diversity in uh, experiences here. Mm-hmm. I do not necessarily think there's a large amount of diversity in terms of the racial aspect, mm-hmm. which is what you're highlighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that uh, a habit that any marginalized group, because what you're talking about, it actually ties into politics. Mm-hmm. It's called the War of the Commons. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we find is that within communities, especially uh, if they're, especially smaller communities, mm-hmm. there is, they typically have less resources. Mm-hmm. And because they have less resources, there will be a lot of infighting for those said resources. Mm-hmm. So a, a perfect example of that, that's a very easy one to understand, is why there's gangs mm-hmm. in impoverished neighborhoods. Because a lot of gangs actually serve as a means to give people resources, and they're fighting for them, right? So I would actually make the argument that that happens at a lot of schools, mm-hmm. even ours, in the sense of these individuals are, for, for example, ACT students, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them come from environments in which they're working really hard, mm-hmm. they don't have a lot. Um, a lot of individuals who come to the school in general are first-generation college students. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of resources, mm-hmm. right? that they're coming from. Same with people from inner cities mm-hmm. who come here. And a lot of times we'll, we'll pick the worst of a group in order to uh, have confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. So we won't notice if you're in a, and you know, the more the liberal arts side of the school, you won't notice all the really nice people who are in ag. You go and think about that one person who was really bad. They had a bad interaction with and be like, you know, they're the whole representation mm-hmm. of it, right? And a lot of that, that polarizing effect is kind of taught to us at a younger age, mm-hmm. especially even if you look at like politics and things like that. Um, I think that as the United States, we've made a lot of errors. Notice I say we, we've mm-hmm. made a lot of errors. Um, but one of the things I think we did get right was that our country is supposed to be founded on compromise, mm-hmm. right? And I do think that we, even though we have to grow as, as a country, and there has been a lot of mistrust for certain populations of people, which for ours being one of them, mm-hmm. we literally did go from not having rights, literally as early as the, the you know, 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. till we had a president who was black, right? So there was a large amount of growth that happened in a large amount of time. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that we still don't need to grow, and it doesn't mean that those issues should be ignored. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem we all have, yeah. is that it's a lot of growth, that was dope, but for it to be true growth, we need to acknowledge it happened. Yeah. And people don't acknowledge that it happened. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, you know, it's not that deep. Like, right. no, you to truly understand why it's important that Barack Obama was the president, you got to really understand what had to happen mm-hmm. for that to occur. But I think that um, here, especially I can speak to this, I think at SUNY Cobleskill, one of the problems, and even when we was at that session, mm-hmm. I don't think he was there, but at the session, it was a young man who was talking about um, how certain terminologies using uh, in the um, in uh, agriculture mm-hmm. against them, like uh, the ag students, mm-hmm. uh, terminology used against them. And they've come to talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. Like people will say that they're like poor or that they smell bad and that they're dumb. I don't want to say the word, but dumb H words. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like H-I-C-K-S, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it. But, um, and he talked about that. And I think that because we're all minorities in that regard, not, he's not a minority based on race, mm-hmm. but he's a minority based on occupation. Mm-hmm. And he has certain experiences because of that. Mm-hmm. That needs to be acknowledged, mm-hmm. right? It's just that ours has a historical context, mm-hmm. so it runs a lot deeper. But both, long story short, both populations are dealing with that mm-hmm. because they're not a part of the majority. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's something that we struggle with here. And I actually think that that common struggle can be utilized for us to come together to be stronger as a population. But... 
um, it takes a lot of leadership and opportunity for that to happen. I'm sorry this was such a long-winded answer. No, that's cool. But, yeah. but you're not wrong in terms of, the, but that discrimination goes, man, it goes both ways yeah. in terms of how the populace feels it because it only takes that one ignorant person on either side to say something and then that other side is now in, in disbelief or in distrust. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's understandable. I get that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I talked a lot. <laughs> I was trying to cover all the points you made because um, you made a lot of good points. Yeah. Oh, I think what you said kind of um, like rang in my head, I guess, as comparative suffering because everybody thinks their problems are more important or yeah. more severe than everybody else's until you're faced with it. And I feel like that's kind of something that we really got to, all of us as people, just got to keep in mind that just because you got problems, that's cool. That's fine. Everybody else got problems too. <laughs> like, not to minimize what you're going through, but yeah, you know, yeah. kind of get over yourself a little bit. And I think that acknowledging that, and kind of what we were just talking about, mm -hmm. the problems that are shared amongst groups, some of those problems are deeper, mm -hmm. right? Like if you are I'm trying to think of a specific one. So if, for example, there might be uh, a shared experience as a short, I'll use me. So I'll say if you, uh, there's certain experiences that are shared by short males mm -hmm. in this country, right? Okay. Not as deep. Still a problem, mm -hmm. right? And there's some societal things. That's very different than uh, struggles that fall within the black community. Mm -hmm. Those are very different, man. Very like, so. still, still might not be the best experience, but still a thing. So, like, even if you take an impoverished person, mm -hmm. you say, you know, uh, impoverished, you know, I had to work for everything I got, you know, I'm struggling here, I don't have the financial means and resources, that's really bad. Mm -hmm. But the experiences of, of literally being told, or whether, whether by choice or not, of redlining from banks that allowed, that didn't allow black people to take loans out to start businesses mm -hmm. or for them to be able to move and putting in laws that, that forces you to go to school within certain zones and zip, line, zip codes. So they kept all the, the poor black kids in the same location. Mm -hmm. That's very different. It's still bad for both, but mm -hmm. this, this runs a little deeper, yeah. right? You had laws that literally called us three fifths of a person, oof. right? That's, 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 that's deep. Mm -hmm. That's a oof, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, even though there might be people who have different struggles and there's different levels to it, but you do have to be careful of not making it seem like they're the same, mm -hmm. right? Some, some, and I think that's a perfect example to leave off for me. Like, calling a uh, calling a white male that word, mm -hmm. right, is very different than there were actual laws that said we were three fifths of a person. Mm -hmm. Those are different, very and we so. we got it. We got to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. So. I think I think personally I think that's why it's harder for me to understand like the point of view from like a white person mm -hmm. because I feel like yes you guys get called things or you guys you know have your own experiences but like oh this this I don't know this sounds messed up but like as me as a black person mm -hmm. from the minute I've been born whether I had a good route like a good life or a bad life I was gonna have disadvantage at every like every point in my life there's a disadvantage mm -hmm. and because you are the majority in the society your 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 advantages are just infinitely better like mm -hmm. so like when you have to experience things like for example being called a hick is like yeah i think that's if you if you think being called a hick is bad then you know i'm like me as a person i'm not gonna call you that obviously mm -hmm. but like i just don't see how it's 
any worse. <laughs> like, how is worse? No, I don't think that it's worse, but I think that there's a, solem- a similarity in that mm-hmm. that terminology has been used to disenfranchise that group of people. Mm-hmm. The difference is with the word that we're referring to, the group of people that were disenfranchised were disenfranchised for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of things that went into that disenfranchising, right? But it's still a word that's being used to disenfranchise people. Hence yeah. why you would not go to work and be like, you know, call a woman at work the B word. Yeah, you're right. Right? You wouldn't yeah, do that, right? Because there's a, there's a, they were disenfranchised and they didn't have the right to even vote. Mm-hmm. And they're still being treated a certain way. Hence why we had Denim Day. Shout out to everybody who wore denim. Hey. Where a woman was literally told that she didn't get sexually assaulted because she was wearing jeans. So that's not possible, right? So there have been things... <laughs> That have happened to groups of people with, and the agricultural side, there has been a lot of things that happened to those group of people and still do um, that have disenfranchised them from the majority. Okay. It's just that it's not their race that has done that. It's mm-hmm. their uh, affiliations and their, their occupation. And that still needs to be acknowledged. Yeah. It's just that um, certain struggles are a little bit more harsh yeah. in terms of a historical standpoint than others. It still needs to be acknowledged. I think you brought up a good point, though, talking about occupational, um, what's it called? It was occupational. Uh, it being targeted or, dis- uh, or discriminated against due to your occupation? Yeah, like, I, I guess I haven't really thought about it that way. Yeah. I, I don't think, because I think, I think as a black man, I don't think of, like, you know, this because I'm going to go into this occupation specifically, mm-hmm. it's going to worsen, uh, like, the type of experience that I'm going to I have. can give you one right now mm-hmm. that you would agree with me 100%. Gotcha. If you were a black police officer, mm-hmm. you black would definitely be treated fact. differently, that's right? By so, the white community. Yeah. And, <laughs> by the white community. You're right. Yeah. So that's that's perfect one right there. Mm-hmm. And I I was just saying this, and uh, I said it to someone who I think obviously didn't take personal, but... Yeah. Um, there are certain disadvantages and advantages for being in certain occupations, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, there's a certain discrimination that police officers get mm-hmm. because them simply saying, if you just talk to somebody and say, I'm a police officer, you already jump to yeah. certain stereotypes, mm-hmm. right? That's and that's true for all occupations, but that one in particular has a lot of noise surrounding it. Yeah. I, think, right? I think for me, though, like I think my point was just that I don't ever think of it as like this is going to make it worse or better because in my mind I'm like it's just going to be For sure. regardless. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what I do where I go, it's there's there's a potential for me to experience something racial mm-hmm. or for me to absolutely absolutely. So like I don't like to factor that in as like another I don't like to add that as another factor to a decision that I can make for like something I want to do in the future or something that my family Oh, for sure. Do. So I think like when you brought it up it, yeah, like, it's just popped a, in my head. Like, was yeah. like, oh, this is new. Like, I, I, I it's literally this literally a definition of intersectionality. Mm. Yeah. Like, you could be black. Like, I'm be honest with you, we're privileged, yeah. right? Because we're black, right? But we're also at a college, mm-hmm. right? We're sitting in a room right now, and we can record this. Mm-hmm. That's a privilege. Some people are working and don't have the time to do that. They don't yeah. even get to tell their story. We can, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a privilege that I experience as a director on campus. There's a weight to that. So, like, when I go into a room now. And I'm like, hey, you know, before it was, I do think that, um, again, this is a component of the struggle because we everything connects back to that word. Mm-hmm. I was saying this the other day that for uh, individuals who are black, typically speaking, for them to be acknowledged, they either must be exceptional at it mm-hmm. or they must have like a, a connection of some kind. But typically it's that they need to be exceptional at it. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense, right? Because a lot of people who are of color aren't in high positions because it was relatively short time in history since they've had access to resources to then build up their wealth 
or to be a part of these circles, mm -hmm. right? So for the person to make that breakthrough, they must have offered something that was amazing or for them to get spotlighted. And then they can give it to the next person, right? Based on name. Um, but that being said, that think about it, that happened to me here. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I was nobody. Nobody wanted, nobody cared about me necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I spent a lot of time interacting with people, having these kind of conversations, and then that that grew more people and more people, more people, um, to the point where now we have a center, right? But it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like a, I didn't hold any titles or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was just because I offered this perspective. Um, as you do and as she does, which is great, right? Because we're educated and we're privileged in that sense. But there is an intersectionality in that. Like, if you are a police officer, that can help your brand or help you in certain places. It can hurt you in certain places. Mm -hmm. Now, I typically would think that there's more privilege to that than not, depending on where you are. But, like, let's say if you went to a conference at a college, you might not be greeted the best way if they knew you were a police officer. You just might not be. But, you know, it's one of those things where, and I go to a college and I say, hey, I'm a director of multicultural education. I'm, I'm granted with applause because it's like, oh, you, you're here, you're helping the culture. This is great. I came in and said, hey, I'm a police officer. They don't care. They may not care what my <laughs> intentions were. They're like, look at this dude. They're like, they're like, who are you? Why are you here? Like, they jump to all these assumptions. So that happens to a lot of different people. And even the ones who we think might be the demons aren't aren't always the demons. Mm -hmm. I know it's like an Aaron Yeager thing, right? Mm -hmm. We think everybody across the sea is the demons so you be with them, you realize they're just people too. Yeah. So, you know, so with the ag students and the students of color here, um, and everybody in between, because it makes it seem like it's just those two groups of people. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of groups of people here. That's a fact. Yeah, that's um, but they all, they all have dealing with some type of struggle and they're all in here together. But we do need to acknowledge that there's different levels of it. Mm -hmm. Certain classes are harder than others. That's Doesn't mean true. they're not all important. True. You're right. There you go. <laughs> but I think one of my big questions, like if I could talk to them, you know, and ask yeah. them a question, to be like, why? What purpose? What were you trying to do with that? Like, because apparently it was what two white kids that we came to each other. I didn't say that. I just said it was two. I, I think that y'all got that information somewhere yeah. else. I heard I heard on campus like from students and stuff that it was two white kids. Mm. And it's like I just don't understand where like where that was going, like what the point of that was. Like were you trying to hurt them, which then goes into our point. Yeah. It's <laughs> not a word to say if you're using it derogatorily. So you understand you're just ignoring that part because you're not directing it towards another black person. Mm -hmm. That's what it seems like. Yeah. But do you do you see a significant difference in the N word ending with A versus E R? You know, <laughs> well, what's that difference? I think people need to understand that I difference. Think, can I be honest? Yeah, I think it's different for us. Okay, because like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh, I'm, gonna no. just, I'm gonna just be like straightforward. I think it's very different for <laughs> us to say it to each other mm -hmm. than for them to say it to us. Because True. like I and I don't know maybe it's just maybe it's just like the experiences that I, like <laughs> but like you know if I was to call another black person like the ER mm -hmm. that I wouldn't just say that like just meeting the person or mm -hmm. like that like mm -hmm. this is my friend like we just like that's something that it's not a joke necessarily mm -hmm. but like for us it's like I, uh, I, I I like to add I got you I think thank you <laughs> the A one. Mm -hmm. 
Or A one is that that ER is the capstone class. Yeah, yeah. You, you. I'm be honest because I was thinking about this because I was like, you know, I, I I wouldn't appreciate anybody outside of our culture calling me uh, either one. Mm-hmm. But that that second one that hit different. Yeah, because that second one was literally what they said when they beat us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not even at least the first one they made it took we took made it a slang term and tried to you know reclaim it. Yeah. But the second one that that's 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 that's, yeah. that's deep deep. Yeah. That's like roots deep. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's that's purple rain deep. So. I don't, I don't necessarily. I think there is a difference in that. Mm-hmm. For me, the difference is that that was the word that they actually used as they implemented these things. Mm-hmm. And when they made us three fifths of a person, it, that was the logic that they are this thing. You know, when they when they when they granted us our rights, you know, all just all throughout history, when they you know when it was you're separate, you're separated from the general population is because you are this ER. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like this a. Man, we talking about the n the first n word mm-hmm. being uh, a historical context. Mm-hmm. At least that one we we made it into a slang term, mm-hmm. right? To rec- to, re- to reclaim it. Mm-hmm. The second one, that's <laughs> literally what they called it. That's 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 deep. <laughs> I feel like the er just kind of that just adds yeah, the it's anger. Like, it's like the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's it's I like hate you. Yeah. <laughs> right discrimination. Like, and I think that's important. And you know, it's funny because I think that uh, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Because it highlights the thing. I think that for a lot of people outside of our culture, they think the ER one is the bad one. Mm-hmm. The A one is just the cool one that's in the songs that mm-hmm. we hear every day. It's mm-hmm. interactive with as a part of our culture, mm-hmm. right? That's not that. That's not that. That's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal at all because they say it all the time. Mm-hmm. They don't say the ER one. That's why I don't say the ER one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I, I really do come back. I know I got on a soapbox. I know I got on a soapbox a little bit, but because mm-hmm. I just want to give all the historical context to why we come to these conclusions. But I think for me, the conclusion is that uh, there's a historical context of why we act a certain way mm-hmm. and why certain words are utilized by certain populations. Now, this is why I gave you like the women in terms of the B mm-hmm. word, uh, the LGBT community with the F word, mm-hmm. um, and even uh, agricultural community with the H word, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a different level of historical. Uh, discrimination that goes with that mm-hmm. so even though they might be bad or be all bad there's different levels of bad mm-hmm. right there's different levels of bad manslaughter is bad genocide really bad yeah. like they're both bad mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but one is way worse right yeah so you know we need to we do need to understand that as a community moving forward but i do think the discrimination or that feeling of a lack of resource is true for all the communities here mm-hmm. um it's just shown in different ways and for different reasons and i think that needs to be acknowledged so we can move forward but that's my take on it i think to answer your question from my own personal experience okay. i think that the a one isn't that bad mm-hmm. when addressing another black person mm-hmm. um regardless of yeah i don't think so either the orientation. i think most of the time if i'm going to use the er word it's never to like call another black person that mm-hmm. it's more of like black person to black person we're probably going to be in a situation or like we're in an environment where like this could happen you know what i mean yeah i, I can't think of a single situation where I, the er word is used on except when it's talked about something that's about to happen yeah. so i can see a story like that like where two black people are like you know they're like yo this person who's clearly discriminated against us is probably mm-hmm. looking at us like oh these are just a bunch of yes. er's yes. doing it mm-hmm. i can see I us saying say. it like that exactly but i, I but but when it comes to green we, we say yo what's up my my yeah. my a word like it's like uh well, grand theft auto 5 exactly. he said what's up my n word <laughs> right you know we greet each other like that with the a but that er is usually used as a means to express that uh, a detestableness mm-hmm. like yeah. like and we usually don't say it to each other. We usually say it in a sense of like, 
we're talking from a, a person who is of the majority's perspective of us. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like we walk into the store and they following us around. Exactly. And they're like, oh, see, we make a joke about like, oh, they know they probably think we these ERs mm-hmm. around the store about to steal something. They don't even know. <laughs> Right. It's never to like put down another black person. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you are a black person trying to put down another black person by using that word, then what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And to end on humor, listen, I went to, I was talking about this with my friends. We was at Walmart. Mm-hmm. I went to Walmart, I did self checkout, right? Mm-hmm. Paid everything, did the, the phone net, doing all that. It's like five, six other families, they predominantly white. This is just after I got the position, mm-hmm. for the director position. I walk out, lady stops me. She's like, hey, you need to come back here. So I come back, mm-hmm. I'm like, what's the problem? She's like, I need to see your receipt. I like watch people walk by. They ain't get asked for they receive. Mm-hmm. I said, no problem. So I show her, and I like, you know, I show her on the phone. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can't see it. I was like, well, ma'am, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it comes up on your phone. There's an email mm-hmm. I sent to you. Here it is. Yeah. If you need some help, I'll gladly help you. If you want to show your supervisor or something like that, I can do that. And she's like, oh, it's fine. I was like, but as we're doing this, just know, and this is, I was like, you know, as we're doing this, just know, I do think it's interesting that there's been eight to nine other families mm-hmm. or people who are white that walk right by you, mm-hmm. right, and that you have a problem with. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, it's not about that. I was like, you it may not believe, like you may not believe that, but mm-hmm. I'm one of now ten people mm-hmm. who walk by you, and I don't look the nicest, and I'm a person of color in a mm-hmm. predominantly white area, and I think that is the part that's missed with this, mm-hmm. is that as much as I can be financially successful, I can be in charge of departments, I can have all these leadership moments and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, in these key moments, I'm just another black guy. I'm just another black guy. And, you know, whether it's the interactions with some empowered communities or in these stores, stuff like that, like, these individuals who are saying that word don't know that experience. They don't have that experience. Yeah. They don't have that experience. So when we talk and we greet each other, it's an acknowledgement mm-hmm. that you also have those experiences, mm-hmm. right, that wasn't that wasn't asked for but were placed upon you. Mm-hmm. And there's a responsibility of the community that you didn't even ask to be a part of. You were born into it. So if you don't have that, you shouldn't be using it. Oh, I like that. That's that's a good ending note. Yeah, I tried like, to definitely. to say it like you were born into it, but you didn't ask to be. But all right, wonderful conversation. Thank you, Michael and DeAndre. Thank we you. We don't get me. to speak again. I appreciate you for being here. Uh, Coming Unity Center. <laughs> Great time. <laughs> Well, that has been episode nine. Thank you for tuning in at us on Instagram. And if you have a topic that you're interested in talking about, please let us know and stay tuned for episode 10.